Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. And welcome into the Monday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. It is great to be with you in football month. We have made it to the month where football begins, college and professional. Thursday night, you get the Hall of Fame game, Cowboys and Steelers. Now it's mostly guys that are going to be doing something else here in a few weeks, but it's live, real live tackle football on your television Thursday night. And then this weekend, Ole Miss reports to training camp, and I use that uh, word reports loosely because they're, I mean, I guess they get a little break, a few days off, but they're they've already they're there they're they've already been there they're not reporting they've they've been there. I think that term is starting to catch on. I feel like I've already heard more people not say fall camp ever yeah, since you nice. guys instituted that. So I like it. It frustrates the crap out of me because it's not <laughs> the fall anyway. But yeah, old Miss reports. It can't to, be fall when the heat index is one ten. That's yeah, the new no, rule. no shot. Um, yeah, Ole Miss reports this weekend. They start practice this weekend, and we got a few things to get to. First of all, Ole Miss has a transfer out. Ole Miss has a transfer in, both of which on defense, although separate positions. And we're still at a point, and I know this conversation is really weird thin on people. It's weird thin on me. Vaccination rates. With Ole Miss, still not at the threshold. And I had somebody ask me yesterday, well, what's the big deal? Why do you want to get to the threshold? We will explain that as well right here on the podcast. But I do want to remind you, it's brought to you by ABS Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. It's an office technology solution company. Started in Jackson, but they service the entire state of Mississippi. So if you are a business, regardless of size, and you're looking for office technology solutions, we're talking Mail machines, copiers and printers, voice over IP phones. Uh, you've got cloud storage, data security, IT projects, those kind of things. If you're in the market for something like that, go to absms.com and they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. So they'll come to your place and they've got tech scattered all over the state of Mississippi. So wherever you are within the borders of this state, they'll service you and uh, let you know what they can do for you. So absms.com is the website and tell them that we sent you. Also, podcast is brought to you by LB's Meat Market, just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. Tell Greg that we sent you. It is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat, and the weather for the next 10 days in Oxford is stunning. You're not going to get above 91 for the next 10 days. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful weather we in Oxford. We need some of that here. Yeah, we do need some of that down here in the uh, in the Jackson area. Although this rain maybe that came through will will help that some. Uh, we shall like see. the Ole Miss defense. It can't get any worse it than it was get last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, it cannot get worse. But the weather really can't get much better. So ha- spend your day behind the grill and get that started at LB's, or they'll do the cooking for you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. And again, tell Greg that we sent you. So Ole Miss loses a transfer, uh, hit the portal. I guess this was yesterday. John Haynes started 10 games for Ole Miss last year in the secondary, and he has hit the transfer portal. And, you know, this is going to sound like a spin zone, in part because uh, I guess it is, but I I did see somebody earlier today, Stephen, say, 
uh, more bad news for the Ole Miss defense or something like that. And uh, Is that one of those clickbaity headlines where they no, don't tell you it the was player's just a, name or anything? It was just a tweet. Oh, okay. That's all it was. There's nothing to click on, so it wasn't clickbait. I just here, Here's the thing. With all due respect to the young athlete, who I'm sure works very hard, um, I am I'm kind of tired of hearing the well, you know, that's an experienced player on that defense, and it's a big blow, and all, all that conversation. I'm just going to be truthful here. If that particular player not being on that team anymore is a big loss. If he was going to be a, quote, key part of that defense, they were going to suck again. Like, that, that, that's it. I mean, that, that's just the truth in all of this. I feel bad for saying it because it's it's a young player who's done nothing wrong, and, and he's going to go find a, a place where he's going to play more because it, he wasn't going to play very much on this defense. But when people say stuff like that, yeah, he started 10 games last year. Usually... Well, a ten-game starter started every game last year. That's a big blow. Not, f- not for that team. Not, not a team not for that this had defense. two converted wide receivers playing defensive back. Starting ten games on that defense is not an accomplishment in and of itself. If you say a guy started ten games on the Alabama defense, okay, that holds some weight. Yeah, a guy that started ten games on one of the worst defenses in SEC history. I'm sorry, that doesn't mean a lot unless you say. He started 10 games and had 10 interceptions. That's not what we're saying here. Right. And I was I had a little bit different tone when Jacquez Jones transferred out of Ole Miss because I think he was at least effective. Now, uh, internally, uh, apparently they believe in other players more so than they did him. I mean, there's a reason they went and got the transfer from Maryland because they expect him to come in and be an instant impact guy. Uh, losing Jacquez Jones is at least a quality depth piece that you could have used. And so it's not the same thing as that. I think that was a loss for that defense. Although I didn't anticipate him starting like he did last year, he still was capable. You know, he had some ability. But when I saw that about this guy, I thought, if that was going to be a big part of your defense, you were going to be pretty pathetic on defense again. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. They have basically turned over that entire roster, or well, let me rephrase that. The starters on that defense are going to be mostly Lane Kiffin recruits. And you know, I hope I wish all the best for the young man and hope he finds a home. But if that's the angle that I'm supposed to take here is oh, they're really going to be missing that piece, well then we don't need to be talking about Old Miss winning nine games or whatever. They're going to struggle to be five hundred and they're going to be a really awful defense if this is a big blow. I, I just I saw that. I don't know how many people think that, but I, I was I kind of rolled my eyes. You know, it's, it, that's not a big loss. If it is, they're in serious trouble. And defensive back is one of the positions that they most hotly targeted. I think in terms of fixing throughout this off season, and it goes back to last off season when you bring in a guy, Jake Springer from Navy, who I believe plays almost the same position that Haynes does in that kind of set, uh, safety hybrid-ish role where you come up sometimes. So I think you already have a guy who can replace that level of production. And then you have talented freshmen throughout the 2021 class that we've talked about maybe coming in a little later in the season and making an impact, but maybe you, maybe depending on what you see in camp, you move that up. So I don't think that this loss 
does what some people out there apparently believe. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Again, I know that's a spin zone. That is a spin zone. But I I think that's honestly the the truth of it. When you were as bad as Ole Miss was last year defensively, when you were that bad, losing players from that defense is not bad. You can't, on one hand, say that was the worst defense I've ever seen and also, on the other hand, say – Losing players from that defense is bad. Right. You don't want to enter this season going, wow, they have 11 returning starters from last year's defense. Not one person in the Ole Miss program or in the Ole Miss fan base would sign up for that. No. Zero percent. No, and so it needed to be turned over. It needed to be. And, I mean, when you look at it, have you looked at the depth chart lately? How many non-Kiffin recruits are going to be starting for Ole Miss defensively? It's not that many. No. Maybe Sonogo and Sam well, Williams. But I, I don't know if Sonogo's going to be a starter. Mm. I, we'll see. Right. I, I don't know if he's going to be. Sam Williams very likely will be. But you Outside hope. of those two, I, I don't really have one for you. I mean, there, and there might be that I'm just not thinking of. But largely, it's going to be a defense filled with guys that Kiffin brought in. And the, the most impactful players on that defense are going to be guys that Kiffin brought in. Guys that they need to... Uh, to be good right away, Chance Campbell at linebacker, Otis Reese at safety. Where I don't, I am not being hyperbolic when I say this. I think if the NCAA clears Otis Reese when he should have been cleared long before the season began, he's worth one extra win. Just one player in the secondary, I think he's worth one extra win. Yeah, he gets you. A, all he gets long. you a defensive stop in some of those games where you desperately needed one. He showed you in the final three games that he was capable of of doing that. He was a game changer. For them, so you'll have Reese in the secondary. Springer, we'll see what he's able to do. Uh, there are young players that they've recruited that are very high on, but on the defensive line, it's two defensive tackles that you need to start that are Kiffin guys. Uh, I've seen a couple of pictures. Have you seen some of these the the body transformation <laughs> that has been made? Yeah, I saw a picture of Jalen Cunningham yesterday, and I had to pull up the roster to make sure it was him. It's insane. It, the it way looks that entirely these guys different. Able to do that at that size to really transform their body like that. It, I've been working out for several years now and have seen no progress. <laughs> these guys are able to make that kind of transfer transformation in one year. You less remember, than a year. I think you remember us talking about this last year. Uh, Wilson Love. Every new strength coach is the best strength yep. coach there is, and every previous strength coach is a bum. They didn't However, have them getting trained up well enough, and it's a good right. thing they're gone, X, Y, and Z. But I noticed last year that Ole Miss, especially defensively, even as bad as they were, as the game went on, they didn't look gassed. They didn't look tired, and they played their best football later in some of these games. They went toe-to-toe, remember, with Alabama, and they looked the same in the fourth quarter as they did the first quarter. That's supposed to be the deepest, most physical team in college football. And Ole Miss, for the entire game, played with them physically, for the most part. Still just in the wrong place when the play right. started. But conditioning-wise, yeah, they, they were still there. And I said then, and I'll say it now, I don't like having takes like that because I can't quantify it, right? But my eyes told me that that team looked like they were in better shape than most of their opponents. They played, take the Kentucky win, for example. They played... Indiana, they were the more physically prepared football team in the Outback Bowl. And I kept thinking that this is S&C. This is strength and conditioning. 
And, Why you lift all them weights. Right. <laughs> and, and then I saw that picture of Cunningham yesterday, and I thought, that guy, I don't think would have done that body transformation previously. And, you know, maybe again, maybe I'm just looking at it through red and blue glasses, and I'm just spinning and blind and all that. But some of the photos that I've seen, and that's all they are, of what some of these guys have been through physically, they look different. They absolutely look different. Ole Miss has physically imposing defensive linemen. More than one. You know? <laughs> yeah. More than one. Last year, that was a position that if on any given play, you only looked at the trenches, you only looked at Ole Miss's defensive line, they were getting pushed off the ball at least three yards yeah. every single play. There was yeah. no time during last season where they generated any kind of push, sustained push throughout an entire game. So for whatever that's worth, I, I may not be worth anything. I mean, this is super in-depth uh, analysis here, you know, just breaking down photographs of players. It's what the week before camp is for. I, I noticed that in the spring as well. I mean, some of these guys do look different. They look, physically look like an SEC defense. That's what they're supposed to look like is what these guys look like now. And, you know, maybe there's something to Wilson Love greater than Paul Jackson. Like, maybe there's something to that. I don't know. But that's something I noticed yesterday in a picture. So, uh, one transfer out, another transfer in. This happened a few days ago, right after we we got done recording (laughs) this. the second after we got done, I got an email, and it popped up on the right-hand side that this happened. So, yeah, one second after we were done. You tried to pronounce uh, the college (laughs) that he went to. Have you nailed it yet? I, I think it's Guelph, but the the other one is where he went to prep school. That is Eto Bicoque Collegiate Institute <laughs> in Toronto. I'm probably still butchering it, but that's as close as I'm going to get. E-T-O-B-I-C-O-K-E, Eto Bicoque, Eto Bicoque. It's also probably got like a different kind of pronunciation because it's Canada. Yeah, you got to go French. Yeah. Eto oh, Bicoque. <laughs> I did terribly in every foreign language that I took in high school and college, so I can't tell you what that pronunciation would be. Jaden Dix. Yep, Jaden Dix. You're going to have a situation where you have uh, Dix on the end and Cox on the inside. <laughs> that uh, that will happen on the Ole Miss defense. Announcers, poor David Kellum's going to have to be careful about <laughs> the way he describes uh, defensive pressure from the defensive line. You know what I mean? Uh, that's wholly inappropriate. Please don't fire me. Um but that's the third Canadian, third one now, that's going to play defense for Ole Miss this year. It's quite the pipeline from Guelph to Oxford. Yeah. I hear you have direct flights into the Oxford airport. <laughs> oh, wait, it is international, isn't it? Do they fly? Is it international? I feel like they call it that. I don't think it actually Let's is. See. I, the, I haven't been to Oxford in so long. <laughs> Oxford International? But Or no, it's Oxford University Airport, oh, I think. Yeah, not international. Well, did Lane Kiffin fly to the Bahamas out of Oxford? Probably. Well, it's an international <laughs> airport. There I think you is. have a special kind of plane if you're doing that. I don't think I can't jump onto the tarmac at the Oxford airport and fly to the Bahamas. I'll put it that way. No, you can't. But uh, no, see, Oxford International Airport's in Oxford, England. Mm. Yeah, maybe no. that's where these guys think they're going. Possibly. Going from Canada to (laughs) Oxford in England. So what gives with this? Uh, I'm I'm fascinated by it. When when you look at 
the the transition that especially Robinson made on the defensive line, it was very clear that the game was very different in the SEC versus Canadian college football. But the physical tools are abs. I mean, he's a freak. And if he's adjusted to the speed of the game at all, and he looked better as the year went on as well, he was swimming early. Um, he he looks the part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talk but, about those guys that look like they belong on an SEC defense. He looked like he belonged on day one. That's first guy Boy, off the bus. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Once he got on the field, again, there's obviously going to be growing pains, and you saw him come along. But And uh, Dix here, he's 6'5", 230, so same kind of physically imposing specimen. And uh, you talk, you know, why he, why he's coming. It is the same place that Robinson went in Canada, so that's kind of where that connection is. Although there's a guy on staff too that's got a Canadian okay. connection is where that's coming from. This guy he didn't play though at all last season, and so COVID he, canceled their season. Right, right, so he saw no action in 2020. Robinson obviously came to Ole Miss, but I'm curious to see what. It looks like after just not playing at all, going straight from there to the SEC. I wouldn't. This is more of a future signing. Yep. I mean, there's no way you can expect him to take any meaningful snaps this year. And the good thing about the Ole Miss defense so far, from what I can assume, is that you don't have to rely on him. No. Robinson got to Ole Miss last year and instantly saw the field, which I don't anticipate they wanted to do, but they kind of had to. There's no choice. Right. So I I think this will be different in that regard. So Dean Leonard, Robinson, and now Cox, all from no, 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 excuse me, Dix. Cox is already on the roster. (laughs) Um, All on uh, on the Ole Miss defense moving forward. That's fascinating. uh, Going to Canada. Did you watch his highlights by chance? I did not. I probably should have, being on an Ole Miss centered podcast, but that's on me. There are. Bad Mississippi private schools that would win games at the level he was playing at in Canada. He was like it's, it says he was an MVP six times for whatever this prep school was. I'm not going to try to pronounce it again. So, so in seventh grade he was winning varsity MVP. Is <laughs> that what that means? I guess so. Yeah, it says, and he was an all league MVP as a sophomore, junior, and senior, and a six time defensive MVP for the Eagles. When you watch his highlights. I mean, it's very clear that he belongs at a higher level, but it's funny. Everybody else is so slow. It's like they stop him from being as dominant as he could be because the the organization is so bad, and, like, everybody's just kind of in the way, you know what I mean? I mean, he can't even dominate because the organization's so terrible. But um, It was even it was at a higher level. Our high school was 6A in Georgia. I didn't play. I was watching. But watching Robert Kimdichie against our high school – it was incredible to watch. It, it just—it's one of those scenarios, I would assume, where one guy you can tell just clearly is so high above the rest. Yeah, but he's I'll, that way in in Canada. And the the receivers taking a running start always trips me out. Oh, they do that like at the high school level. That's, up that's there? Canadian football. Hmm. I always like watching it in the CFL. I guess that makes sense that it's at lower levels there too. It's far less organized <laughs> and not as fluid for sure, but. Interesting pickup. I mean, that this is the kind of thing that we've talked about uh, everywhere all the time, about how Lane Kiffin said he was he was going to acquire talent. If you thought he was just going to sign 25 guys in a recruiting class and that's how he's going to build his program, well, that, that's not the case. You, you can't do that anymore anyway, but uh, they're getting creative. 
And that's encouraging because you're not going to be able, if you're Ole Miss, to go toe-to-toe with Alabama and sign the kids that they do. You are going to be able to get some. Mississippi produces kids, and I think you can recruit at a high level at Ole Miss, but not to that level. So you have to get creative. You find guys like Otis Reese in the transfer portal. Find guys like Chance Campbell in the transfer portal. And maybe you go north of the border to find a physical freak that doesn't belong in Canadian football that needs to be playing in the States. You know, that's if you're going to win at the highest level at Ole Miss, you can't just recruit. And Nick Saban doesn't really just recruit anymore. They added Henry 2020 from Tennessee, but largely that's how how he's done it. You can't do it that way at Ole Miss. You have to be a little creative. And and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You tried something different. That's the big thing. It's not like you're hinging your entire future at Ole Miss on this kind of decision or this type of recruiting, but you are laying out a, br- a blueprint for something else that may continue to work for yeah. you. And, and Leonard and, and Robinson it, were not great last year. But again, first year, transition to the SEC, all that. They were no worse than anyone else on that defense, which is a good sign, I guess. And a guy like Robinson, how many people that size, that with that physical frame and stuff, can you actually sign? How many of them exist? Not many. And you're not in the running for most of them. So I love the strategy. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know how many other schools are signing kids from Canadian college <laughs> football, but Ole Miss is signing three of them, apparently. As you were talking there, I pulled up these highlights. A lot of this looks like rugby. I'm very confused in what I'm watching almost <laughs> with yeah. some of these plays. But the, he's a defensive lineman. They've got him on the offensive line. They're throwing a couple passes to him. I've seen him running the ball. So... They had him doing literally everything in this sport. And Canadian football at a lower level looks much different even than the CFL, which already looks different. I tell, do you see how slow everybody yeah. else is? And small. Slow and small. He, uh, he definitely <laughs> No wonder out, he was a so. six-time defensive MVP. Uh, guess what Gu- uh, Guelph's mascot is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. The Griffins. The Guelph Griffins. G-R-Y-P-H-O-N-S. I assume that's Griffins and not Gryphons. <laughs> it could be. But what would a it Gryphon be? It could be some be? mythical what's, what's animal. Griffin? I think a Griffin is almost like a dragon, isn't it? Gryphon. I Googled it. Yeah, it's to say, <laughs> no, it's different. It's spelled differently anyway. What's the difference between a Griffin and a Gryphon? <laughs> this a, is what we need to know going into a, camp. A Gryphon is... Well, Griffin is a mythical beast having the body of a lion and wings and the head of an eagle. That's hmm. that's what their mascot. Oh, it's uh, just a different form. They're the same thing, just spelled differently. Okay. So, so it's a a it's lion a, with the wings of an eagle and a head of an eagle. Ah, okay. So it's got a lion's body with. So its back legs are lion. Its front legs are eagle. Its head is eagle. It's got eagle wings. Its tail is a lion's tail with eagle feathers. And the rest of it's a lion. It's a pretty cool mascot, actually. That's what a griffin is. I may need to get a University of Guelph shirt. I mean, that thing's pretty sick. That is cool. <laughs> and, and here's one for the kids. Oh, adorable. That's cute, yeah. Yeah, you can do that for, like, the kids club or whatever. You know, they have, like, yeah. the rebel club for kids. <laughs> you have that unassuming one and then you have the the threatening one people are weird man 
Like, it, what is this? <laughs> if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, just just type it into Google, and all these same pictures will pop up. Oh man! There's also another meaning for it in Anglo-Indian, apparently, and it's a person who has just arrived from Europe. Oh so, well, that could be. I, I would like it to be the eagle lion. Yeah, personally. Too, I'm assuming that's what their mascot is. It's probably inappropriate now to have it uh, as that way anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah. So Canadian transfer, one uh, one goes out, and John Haynes, one comes in from Canada. We'll see how that works. It's an interesting pipeline. It's creative, which is what you need to be. And the last thing. So uh, it was mentioned yesterday that Ole Miss is still not above that vaccine threshold. And um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I said they weren't there. and. Uh, Around the time of SEC media days. Around the time of media days, and somebody said that they were above it, and that was just outright false. Um, so why does it matter? I got asked by somebody yesterday why it matters if they're above it or not. They're young and they're healthy. They shouldn't have to take it. Well, I, I hear you, but frankly, that doesn't matter to the SEC. And we can you know, scream and cry about the policy all day long and, and why these kids the, this age, they don't need it. But at the end of the day, the SEC's policy is once you reach that threshold, testing and protocols and all that get relaxed for you. And Ole Miss is not there yet. And them not being there means it will be tested a lot more frequently. Everybody also. Uh, if they reach that threshold, I, I believe, I haven't seen this in writing, I believe it's the unvaccinated will still be tested with relative frequency, the vaccinated rarely. As yeah, I if, understand it. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think the SEC has really they put out published like, it the exact thing, which I would think they should by this point. Well, they're watching the Delta and all that, but still, a, a vaccinated a, a vaccinated person that's not showing symptoms should not be tested right. for anything. So hopefully they, they make that the case. But in Ole Miss's instance, they're not there yet. And that means if there is any kind of outbreak in the program— Games will be forfeited, not canceled, not postponed, outright forfeited. You lose the game. That's the reality of the situation right now. Yeah, and when you're above that threshold and you relax testing measures, whatever you want to call them, that is you're much less likely to have that happen. If you if you have to get tested every day, even if you're just under, say you're at 80%, not 85% you're still more likely to show a positive case, even in a vaccinated person. We've seen that now. More vaccinated people are unfortunately testing positive. Of course, they're not showing symptoms. It's not as severe. Yeah, they're not even sick. But if it shows up, that still counts as a positive case, and everyone around them still has to be quarantined and contact tracing. And all the same terms that you hated hearing last season, you'll hear them again if you're not above that threshold. And people are sick of it, but it's a story. It, it, that's just how it, it it's still a story, and it could impact wins and losses. And I know there are some people that don't like the idea of holding this over their head. That That's just how they're going to do it. That's how the NFL is doing it. Um, I have been told that Ole Miss is going to heavily incentivize it. Uh, at first, it'll be with uh, positive rewards, possibly, you know, Elaine Kiffin talked about it at Neshoba as well. But, like, you know, the idea out there that they're going to get, like, a fresh pair of Jordans or something like that <laughs> if they go get the shot. 
I got um, mine too early. I didn't get anything. I know, right? They're I got proposing a hundred dollars donut. Actually, oh, that was my. See, big I didn't thing. get anything. I, I just <laughs> got to go home. Um, and then if that doesn't work, it'll be uh, you don't get to travel with the team on road games, regardless of who you are. And if that doesn't work, it'll be you don't get to play at all. That that's I mean, and, and that could be wrong. Again, I, I, Keith Carter hasn't told me that, nor has Lane Kiffin. But that is at least. Um, what I, I talked to somebody recently, and they said that that's what is possibly going to happen, and that's what needs to be done because every, I mean, you're Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida. All these teams are above. Yep, Alabama's over like ninety percent. They're, they're going to have their entire team by the time the season begins. Again, I understand people that think that that's unnecessary. There are also people that think the vaccines are not safe. They are. Um, Sorry, I know we're not supposed to get political or whatever, but they are. They absolutely are. They are. And if Ole Miss wants to make sure that they don't have games forfeited, postponed, not postponed, forfeited, outright forfeited, they need to get above it and And find a way to do it. You mentioned, you know, not traveling with the team, not being around the team. That's unfortunately a step that you have to take. Because if you're not vaccinated and you get it and you're a risk to spread it to more players that would then cause a forfeit that's the unfortunate reality of the situation and i hate it you hate it everyone hates it but it that's what we're dealing with still yeah i I just hope everyone is hoping we wouldn't be in this position heading into the 2021 season like we were last year but you know that's uh that's the state of things right now for sure for sure so it's just it's reality that's all it is um i still i hope they don't make Vaccinated players without system symptoms get tested. There's just no reason for that. Nope, not at all. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Sorry that we had to talk about COVID. It's just how it is right now. It is definitely a story going into this season, and Ole Miss is not. They're just not there yet. Lane Kiffin sounded like he was going to make sure they get there for whatever that's worth. But we will see. So thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget. To subscribe to the podcast while you're here, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Y'all have a good rest of your day. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.